This is episode 96 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 96 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have Cody Yeh on the show. And Cody is an investor in real estate, but he actually started as an investor in stocks. He was into day trading. Then he got into stock option trading and real estate investing at roughly the same time. He managed to quit his job. He started as an engineer working for Honda. He quit his job, and now he's full-time into his options trading and his real estate investing. And of course, he's got many other gigs on the go, including helping a wholesaler with his business he also has a youtube channel he's very entrepreneurial minded and i'll be quite frank with you here this conversation went all over the place but i like to let entrepreneurs speak when people have good ideas i like to let those ideas come out naturally Uh, by now you probably know my interview style for those of you who are new you're going to see it here but uh, I, i did find this to be a very interesting episode in there were so many parallels between what cody has done in the stock trading world and in the options trading world and what we as investors do here in the real estate investing world. So we went over those parallels. We went over what Cody's up to. We also dove into this topic of options trading, which so many people have mentioned on this show. So this is one of the reasons I wanted to have Cody on because so many people mention this. So many people around me, including Mark Loeffler, Erwin Zito, Cherry Chan, Josh Doyle, to name a few. These are all people who have recently been on the podcast. They're all into this and I've been scratching my head about it for quite some time because I like to stay focused so I really wanted to pick Cody's brain here and I'm constantly asking all these guys is it worth it is it worth me focusing the time so um, Cody does throw a few plugs in here as always this is an unpaid appearance on the show however after the fact Cody mentioned to me that if people do come because they found him through this show that he would give me a little bit of a referral fee so if you want to support the show in that way please make sure that you let uh, Cody know where you found him. Before we get going, there's a couple of things that I wanted to mention to you as always. If you're new to this show, I can't stress how important it is to go right back to the beginning, especially if you're a new real estate investor, uh, because back at the very beginning of this podcast, which started in the beginning of 2019, we really dig into how the numbers are derived. So even on the YouTube version, I actually show my Excel sheets. Uh, I walk through the breakdown of how the returns are calculated. I don't dig into the basics as much now uh, for natural reasons we want to keep the, the the discussion progressing and make sure that we're making use of the interviews the best we can so i don't focus on those basics quite as much but if you want to go right back to brass tacks i would suggest going right back to the very beginning and working your way through that first 30 interviews and i think that you'll really be glad that you did because those early interviews as well as all the other interviews in this podcast are just filled with very knowledgeable guests that are sharing very relevant content in today's market the other thing i I wanted to mention to you is you can grab my cash flow sheet on my website andrew-hines.com if you want to follow along with the numbers that I calculate on this show I use that spreadsheet on pretty well every episode now and then just finally if you could if you have not already done so please rate and review this podcast on apple Podcasts. if you're watching on youtube give it a like leave a comment make sure you subscribe and hit that notification bell if you have not already done so thanks for being here with me today please enjoy episode 96 with Cody Yay. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Cody Yeh on the show, long overdue. Cody's a very interesting guy and he's going to tell us all about it. Cody, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, so Cody, first off, we've talked a lot about 
the non-real estate things you're up to, yes. and uh, including the stock uh, activities. Why don't you just give me a little bit of a rundown? I know you're in real estate, but yes. you obviously started investing primarily in stocks, and now, now you've you do both. You do a hybrid. Yes. Um, give me the story. Yeah. So uh, I came to Canada when I was 20, uh, 2010, uh, 2009. I was about 18. I came here for university. Right. I was. Uh, I went into mechanical engineering. Uh, study at University of Toronto. I thought I don't have to write reports. So that's why I went into it. And that wasn't true. Um, and right after I graduated, I started working as a project manager at Honda Manufacturing. And that's where I worked there until the beginning of, well, uh, really in 2019, right? And in the meantime, I was like hustling at night between like attending real estate you know, seminars. And I was actually doing day trading for two years at one time, trading in the Asia market, market thanks to the time difference. And yeah, and um, I was playing with stocks since uh, 2011. And then I was playing with stock option on the side while I was doing day trading. So day trading at night, stock option a little bit in the morning. And uh, yeah, and then uh, I stopped day trading because uh, I found myself uh, fell asleep in front of a big four monitors, right? Four days in a row, I had a big position on. So I was like, hey, you know what? I'm actually making quite some money in the stock option using my phone and, uh, you know, trading 15, 30 minutes per day. So maybe I should just do more of that and do less of a day trading. And but where it got me here is all those experience, right? From from real estate that accumulated my capital and my day trading where it gets my fundamental down for technical analysis and all that, right? That's uh yeah. So so the base capital and I'm, we're gonna we're not gonna skim over this, but the base capital came from your stock investing or your day trading. I mean no, like but the base capital mostly came from my job, six figure job. You know, okay. I was working a lot of overtime. Yeah, moving up the corporate ladder, right? And then take on more responsibility. And then the real estate I bought, like first real estate in 2016, second one 2017, and right. two more in 2019. That's where, you know, do yeah. the birth strategy, pull out the money. And that's where my most of my funds come from, right? And my trading account. Right. Okay. So you did you mention to me that you were full-time day trading at one point? No, not full time. No, so you were always working at Honda and then just doing yeah, this I was on the side. working from seven to like maybe six. Play some hockey. I learned my hockey there, and then I just go home. I prep for an hour or two, right? I I I, I trade for an hour or two, and I write report write report for an hour or two. I just reflecting okay. on that day, what did I do? Is that part of my strategy, or was it because I was fearful? Because I was greedy, and right. I hand drew out all the charts, like okay. for two years in a row. So there's like more than seven hundred charts. Of, of your actions in, yeah. in stock trading. All in PDF, right? I yeah. still have those in my in somewhere in my hard drive. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> why I mean the average Canadian does not have that drive to do what you were doing there, to come home and then stay up all hours of the night doing the secondary yeah. gig. What was it? Were you what were you trying to accomplish there? I don't know. I think uh I was kinda nuts in a sense. Um but uh you know, I, I study engineer, that's what they train me to like be very hands on and figure things out. And I just thought, hey, you know, I, 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 I think this day trading maybe could work. Uh, if it doesn't work, uh, you know, this is a base for a lot of better stuff out there. And I just say, hey, you know what? I want to take the plunge. I want to see how it goes, right? And then, and then all the, like, a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of times it's not one thing you do that will just be successful right away. It's a lot of things that you do. You, you, know, you figure things out and all those things add up to your success later on. So a lot of people only see the front end of things. Hey. Now Cody's teaching a course. Now Cody's taking VIP clients, investing together with partners, but they don't see all the story behind it, how to grind through that. Yeah, right? I can definitely relate because all of my 20s was just nothing but failing pretty much until the very end, <laughs> like just failing, losing money. 
And I'm like, <laughs> I don't have much to show for this, but I learned a lot. And then, it's, yeah. and then all of a sudden something clicks and then all those lessons you learned, now that all comes into play and now you, you can avoid all the, the mistakes and focus, focus in on the successes. Yeah, it's, it's scary how just for the past like one year, the amount of like everything just stack up so fast. Like I'm still yeah. talking to my accountant and we're on the phone yesterday. I was talking for like, uh, like what should we do with all these money and all that? But anyway, that's a different problem. My accountant yeah. was laughing like you have some beyond first rule problem. I'm like, yeah, yeah. we need to figure it out, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so walk me through a little bit of, of what's changed recently. So, so the day trading, well, evening trading was, was going well. You were, you were doing well in that, making good profit. But then you got into the option trading, which we've had a few people on this show talk about that. Yeah. Um, how did you stumble into that? Because there's, I know Mark's doing that. Irwin's doing that. Cherry's doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah um what's your story with that um so i mean i i learned that uh stocks and about options back in the, even in university so i studied engineer but i was minor in business so i we we learned through corporate finance engineering accounting actually business accounting as well so in that course they actually talk a lot about you know stocks option how everything works but what i what i feel is that i feel like the person who's teaching it whether uh the professor is not doing it himself or He's just being too general. He's just kind of say, "Hey, this is how kind of the pricing works." It's kind of like real estate. Yeah, stuff. yeah. It's not it's not directly applicable, and I know because I took the same type of courses yeah. at Ivy when I went there. Like they taught about this stuff, but it wasn't like you could go out and apply it. No, you can't apply it. Yeah. it just yeah, it makes sense. But I, I'm not hyped up to do something mm-hmm. right. It's only until I start doing it, and I took many other course right, and I feel I figure out everyone's doing like all whatever they're teaching. Maybe they're being safe or trying to protect themselves, whatever. For whatever reason, whatever they're teaching is, there's a gap between like concept and actual execution, right? So I took many courses. I spent thousands, if not more than 10,000, actually a lot more. And then I figure, hey, you know what? There's a void out there. I can fill that void, right? So that's where I, I start my course in October. Okay. So you took a bunch of people's courses on yeah. option trading or on day trading? Uh, I, I had a coach in day trading okay. and from 2016 to 2018. I mean, I don't want to talk about my coach. She's very private. She's from Taiwan and uh, she's two years younger than me. So I just turned 30. She's 28. So when she was 25, she was, yeah, she was very low key by driving Rolls Royce around. It just okay. looked like a high school girl. Driving. Yeah, it looks like mm-hmm. a, you know, trust fund baby, but she's actually not. So, you know. Did she, it all on her own. And she's, yeah, she started taking investors money, okay. or whatever. But, um, yeah. so you learned how, see, this is. <laughs> And we are going to get into real estate, don't worry. Uh, but you learned how, and I always like joke about this, or maybe it's been a while since I've made this joke, but um, it, like Warren Buffett says, don't try and beat the market. Like, you know, put your money in an index or whatever, buy those, those S&P 500 stocks. And, and most people will never beat the market. But you found a way to do that by taking the right courses, learning, I don't know, certain A lot of try and error on my hand, right? And I, I make yeah. all those mistakes. So now when I teach people, I say, hey, these are all the mistakes I made. Friends and family, I taught over the yeah. years, say, these are all the mistakes they make. Please don't make them. Please don't try them. You know, we make it for you. So now I can weigh right, a lot yeah. of things, right? Well, and then this, this is just the parallel, right? We've talked a lot about this. You and I, I'm like, well, I went through that with real estate. You went through that with, with uh, stock trading and then options yeah. trading uh, is the mistakes will get made. You learn from mistakes, mentors, or paid coaching, I guess. Yeah, uh, mistakes and mentors really though is is the way it goes. So you've you've done probably a little mix of both. Yeah, I mean yeah. now I just realized the fastest way to really learn from someone or get someone on the phone or or on 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 a call, right? For example, so last week I was trying to get a big YouTuber 
uh, on on a call, right? Because I want to learn from him. So I say, okay, you offer personal coaching. Okay, 250 USD. That's a very cheap way for me to get into contact with you for an hour. So I just pay right. it. We're just going on the phone. And I think at the end, I'm not bragging, but I think he actually learned more more from me because the way I run my course, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the business model and all that, he's like, oh, wow, that's pretty yeah. cool. I will look into that. I'm like, yeah, but. I've, I've also been in that same boat where I paid somebody <laughs> for coaching. And by the end of the call, I feel like he was asking me more questions. <laughs> like, okay, well, you know, you can always learn something from someone and yes. maybe you just have a different skill set. But that's like, I love those conversations because you like equally win. you're just talking about different things. But the, the comment I was going to make before is, is that Warren Buffett says, don't do that. Most people who try day trading don't make yeah. money in day trading. Uh, whereas real estate is like the most forgiving thus yeah. far, thus yes. far. It doesn't mean it will be forever, but it's not hard to look like a genius yeah. in the last five years in real estate. Like I'm not trying to put anybody down, but the people with the lowest IQs are still finding a way to make money in this. Now that can change and we're seeing that change in, in Toronto and, mm-hmm. and that's a short-term thing, maybe more than a long-term thing. But this is where stocks are so difficult. So now you transitioning from something that's very difficult to make money in to something that's a lot more people are making money in. Yeah. What kind of success are you seeing so far now that you're focused in real estate? Well, you, you have two focuses, but yeah, that is yeah. one of them. Um, I, to answer that question, I just something just came to my mind is why people lose in day trading. It's not because they don't know what to do. I was been taught what to do by my coach exactly, just like the way I'm teaching people now. But day trading is very hard. It's like playing real estate, but then you can actually liquidate your house in one second like that. So the moment the market pullback, people panic, but because real estate takes longer to sell people, it's like, you know what? I'll wait a little bit. I can't play around with it. So I'll just wait. And then usually those wait will just eventually goes up, right? right. But imagine if you can do the same thing with real estate, you're probably losing you money. You can't sell it in two seconds. So the market adjusts and people just lose, lose money in yeah. two seconds because they, they sell their And position. most common thing in, mm-hmm. in stocks or in real estate, real estate you can't do it. Most yeah. common thing in stock is when the stock pullback, people sell. When it go back up, which is higher than the previous high, they say, oh, I missed out. Okay, now yeah, I buy Now you buy more. And then, then you, just you miss that part, bunch. Right? Yeah. And every time you do that, you miss more yeah. and miss more. And if you do that too often, you just yeah. you roll all your profits, right? So in other words, you're saying people don't have the discipline in, it's in the stock. the patient and the discipline. Yeah. And then it's more like a machine, right? You got to be, know your fundamental, yeah. know your strategy. You have the confidence, right? And that's where the execution side comes in, right? You got to know what you're doing. And once you do, you know, once you have yeah. it, just have that confidence. Same in real estate, right? If you know the fundamental, I know you might have a, you know, um, you, you think that in the short term, there might be a, a small drop and all that. But in the long yeah. term, we still have a very strong fundamental in the GTA area, right? So knowing yeah. that, even there's a small dip, instead of actually mm-hmm. selling and panicking, maybe, maybe it's a good time to put in a little bit more money, right? To capture yeah. that, right? So Yeah, and I, I really want to draw out these parallels because it's investing's investing and people can make it's funny that you point out the same mistakes can be made in both it's just harder to make that mistake in real estate because it takes longer you have to you have to list the property (laughs) find a buyer have a closing date um yeah so there's there's a lot more that has to transpire in between there yeah Um, so you like the gta yeah i invest in barry i invest in toronto um i mean we we all know the numbers right more immigrants in the coming years 40 percent of them are coming to the golden horseshoe and the gta area we have the most diverse econom- economy in Canada, you know, compared to a lot of different provinces. Yeah. A lot of young immigration coming to Toronto. I came yeah. from Vancouver, right? So I know the mentality there is mostly a retiree and it's really only finance, uh, service industry and real estate, but yeah. nothing else. There's no manufacturing, not much of that, right? 
Right. Yeah, and I agree. Toronto is pretty diverse. Uh, yeah. So I like the GTA a lot. I just don't like the lack of cash flow. But when you can find cash flow here, I think that it's it, it's very well hedged because there's so many different industries, as you've pointed out. Toronto proper, as I've been saying, I, th- I feel, especially in the condo market, it's been overinflated. So I feel that you know, we're going to continue to see an adjustment down there. But in the long run, of course, I, I see it going back up. It's the question of when, how long do we wait? Yeah. And uh, do people have the stomach for it? Yeah. <laughs> going back to, you know, can people be disciplined to wait it out if they believe in the fundamentals? Yeah. And to me, as I've said so many times, you don't have cash flow, you probably won't have that stomach. Yeah, I mean, you, you brought a really good point. Cash flow is what kept the business running, but cash flow is really not you wait, make most of the money in real estate. It's appreciation. Yeah. But without cash flow, you're going to get pinched. If you only have one property, yes, you fill the yeah. hole. But when you have 10, 20, 30, Every one of those, you need to fill the hole of $10,000. That's going to be a big problem, right? Yeah. 300000 in a month. Right. That's going to be a big problem. So that's where the cash flow has mm-hmm. to sustain the business in case, of, in, in case of a market downturn, right? Right. Yeah. Well, because you're seeing it right now in, in the Toronto market. You're, well, first off, we've seen rents come way down, especially in the core with, with condos. Yeah. So all those people who didn't have cash flow already, now they have a gaping hole. Now they've got a, you yeah. know, a, maybe a $1,000 a month deficit. When you just watched $100,000 of your value erode and you're losing $1,000 a month, what's the gut tell you? Well, if you're relating it to what you're doing in stocks, oh my you God, I got to sell. And when you want to sell, all your neighbors want to sell. All of them want to sell. So and then the they drive timing. the price down more. Yeah. And oh man, that, this is what I don't like about this situation because I feel bad for the people that are in these, these situations. Yeah. We were fortunate enough to sell my wife's condo uh, just the right time there. Nice. Uh, but, but that's because I, I was predicting this. Nice. And, uh, wow. I don't mean to be right. Well, I, I like being right and I also don't like it sometimes, <laughs> but it's nice to be validated and know, hey, I, I saw that coming. And, and, and it's just trying to step back and not be emotional. Like if you look at these market factors, if you look at what's happening, you kind of have an idea that, hey, well, wait a minute. If no one wants to be downtown because all the fun has been sucked out of being downtown, you can't go to Blue Jays games. You can't, yeah. you can't go to the bar. You can't yeah. really go to restaurants now. Yeah. You can't even use your pool or gym at your condo. No. Where's the benefit? So yeah. you were paying a premium to live downtown when there's no more, no longer a yeah. point to yeah. that, which is why I think we've seen that exodus. That's why I think we're going to continue to see it. Um, what's your gauge on it? Like how far do you see condos dropping? Um, do you have any thoughts there? Yeah. Are you, hey, are my, you... my mom lives in the downtown Toronto. Yeah. Uh, we have a condo there as well. I used to live there when I went to university. It's way different. Back then, the traffic was crazy. Yeah. Right? Friday night, like walk mm-hmm. up, everyone's on the street. Everyone's everywhere, yeah. Now it's like a ghost town. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a short-term thing because, uh, you know, a lot of UFT program or like other u- university, they really don't offer, like if it's a hands-on program, they just basically defer for a year. So all those international students basically yeah. went back to their own country. Mm-hmm. So there's a vacancy problem, right? This vacancy goes up. Now, another thing is people who ever work in downtown used to say, I want to stay in downtown because I hate the commute from Marcom right. to downtown. It took me an hour and a half one way. So I want to move downtown. I'd rather pay more. But now most people can work from home or at least, you know, only a day or two they need to go into office. So they say, hey, if I can sell my condo in downtown for 400 to 600,000 or even more, but instead if I drive out one hour, half an hour to one hour, I can buy a house. I have a backyard to live in. Now I work from home anyway. I want more space. I can walk my dog. I can let my dog sell in the backyard. It's the same amount of money. So mm-hmm. I sell my condo here. I can buy a house. And I know houses a land valley as well, right? I don't need to go to work so often. 
It's COVID. You know, everyone wants to stay away from yeah. each other. I just want more space, right? So I think that short-term impact is definitely stacking up. But in terms of long-term, yeah. I think next year there will be really where you know the company going to decide. Hey, COVID has been running for a year. Are we going to fundamentally change the way we work? Because I mean, if everyone's working at home, mm-hmm. it's very productive. But if there's half people working from home, half people working in the office, I think there's going to be a problem. Because right. imagine in the meeting like this, there's someone over the phone. They don't know the, yeah. our face expression. They don't know what we're talking about. There's, I don't think it'll ever be as as productive. I think it could be close, but yeah. I don't think it'll be as productive. Yeah. And I think that employers, some of them have tried this and are just fed up with it. Some of them it's worked. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of them are just weighing the potential liability and saying, well, you know what? We don't want to risk it. Yeah. But there comes a tipping point. And, yeah. and I do believe, yeah, if we just allowed everybody to get right back, I believe Toronto would be bustling in no time. Rents would be driven up immediately. Like if tomorrow, for some reason, this whole situation was Vaccine gone. Vaccine comes out. Yeah, whatever it is, like good. the situation's gone. Yeah. Um, and, and there's no more fear. I think, I think people go right back uh, to it. And I think the market gets driven right back up. I don't yeah. think that they would be permanent changes. But it's a question of how long until social trends change, as you've pointed out? Yeah. How long until people get so used to this where the fear is so ingrained in them that even when they're told everything's fine, they just never would go outside or you know stand closer than six feet to a person? Yeah. I'm hoping we don't go to that point. Like I, I want to see things return, but the, it's such a loaded question to to say yeah. how long until it comes back and will it? Um, when there's so many socioeconomic changes and forces that might be permanent or semi permanent. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the debate where we could go on forever, right? We don't have that crystal ball to to know exactly. Yeah. But yeah, all I can say is winners will always be, be winners in terms of companies. That's when I look at fundamental analysis and stocks. Company who has the most money has the best talent and uh, will weather through any economical mm-hmm. downturn the best, right? Because even going through COVID, if you have so much cash, like for example, Apple, it's not a stock advice, but Apple yeah. has 200 billion, right? So going through COVID, they actually have the money to buy back their own shares at a very low price and they can actually send their workers home, maybe even pay them less. They say, hey, if you want to move back to where you live, yeah. we're going to pay you less, but you have to freedom to do that right and then you know they can keep buying out small business that are struggling it has a very thin profit margin they say hey we've been trying to buy you out but you don't accept it now we go give you a golden parachute Do you want us to buy right. you out to save you so they can actually go out and do that so the big winners are continue to become bigger bigger unfortunately winners. unfortunately but yeah yeah well we're, we have these uh massive goliath type companies yeah. so uh, google apple amazon Whatever, Microsoft is one more big in yeah, the tech. Fame, right? Fame company. Yeah. Netflix. Uh, yeah, Netflix, Netflix, the other one. Yeah, we're, well, we see this huge, huge amalgamation. And, and that's another thing I don't want to see be permanent. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm so adamant that we, we keep our, our small businesses because that's yeah. the culture piece. Like, that's the. Yes. Like, this, this barber that I go to, uh, such a cool experience. Like, they play Frank Sinatra, you know, before COVID, you get a hand yeah. massage, you know, a little pedicure as you, as you get your, uh, your hair, hair done. And it's a, uh, it's pretty awesome, and I would I would hate to see that go away. So I yeah. really I really do hope we can find our way back from this. But again, it's it's trying to figure out what do we do as as savvy real estate investors. What's your move? And we're going to get into some of the things you're yeah. working on. But what's your move now, knowing what's happening in the core of Toronto? Like, are are you planning on buying more in Toronto now, or are you waiting? Are you going to buy more in downtown Toronto in say a year or so? What's um, what's your thought on this at the moment? I, I mean. To me, like, honestly, I can actually, like, the, the business what I'm trying to build now is I reverse engineer everything so that I can work anywhere in the world yeah. just with my phone. 
but I'm still, you know, I'm still actually teaming up, uh, partnering up with um, one of the biggest flipper wholesaler in Barry area, right? Simcoe County. Okay. Right? Uh, Simcoe House Buyer. Uh, you know, uh, my partner's focusing on flipping. Then I help them out with the wholesaling of a smaller profit deals. We just wholesale it out, right? And like, to me, like buying house, you know, on the market when it's very hot, you know, when you're questioning where is the outlook of the market, it's kind of intimidating. So we're trying to help the investor and ourselves saying, if we can buy lower than market, we have that buffer in there. And we know that, you know, just like Warren Buffett, right? If we can buy 50 cent on the dollar, probably that's just exaggerating, yeah. maybe 70 cent on the dollar. But if you can buy that, you know, we have 30 cent of a buffer. You yeah. know that eventually if a cash flow, if the fundamental is still right, you basically get in almost like risk a lot lower, right? Not risk-free, but risk a lot lower than oh, anyone yeah, else. Yeah, you hedge yourself a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all about the uh, the hedging. I, I, I certainly yeah. want to uh, to have that. And that, that to me is where cash flow comes in. That's a big part of the hedge. If you do a really good burr, you can, you know, you have 20% equity yeah. built in at the end of there. Uh, maybe even more depending on your lending situation. Maybe you've got 25% equity in your properties. And that just helps hedge. If, if your value comes down a bit, hopefully your cash flow is a bit better because you haven't leveraged as much. Um, but I think I know who you're talking to. I won't name drop if you don't uh, don't want to. But <laughs> no, uh, no, it's fine. Yeah, I'm yeah. Simcoe House Buyer. If you guys yeah. want to get it on the buyers list, you know, yeah. deals just get snap up. We didn't have a chance to even broadcast out. Usually, just friends and family say you want this, they just took it. Right? They're ready. Yeah. They have the credit ready, pre qualifying all that. So we even even have a chance to send out the email yet. But we're trying to yeah. up our marketing and try to expand our territory. Okay. You know, uh, just more outside of the Simcoe County as well, and I'm actually thinking about maybe we will start uh, a little bit in uh, pockets of toronto that i know okay. are up and coming and uh, can still do a triplex or even fourplex legal stuff and can still cash flow so i know investors are looking at those so i'm actually waiting out you know <laughs> how much marketing should we put in because usually you know you know usually if there's so much competition in toronto where if you mm-hmm. put out marketing campaign it's just like flushing down the toilet yeah, like the the print the print media, so the traditional wholesale route where everybody's doing these these handwritten uh, yeah these handwritten letters and sending them out to the communities, and those are so saturated now in so many communities, and they're not nearly as effective as they used to be. People yeah. actually like you'll send it out, and somebody will assume that you're the other guy that sent it, and they'll send you a nasty text message. It's happened to me. <laughs> uh, so, um, so so you're thinking do, doing something differently here, but what what do you propose? to overcome that because there is like you said a lot of saturation in the market yeah. of people being mailed uh with i'll buy your house yeah. give you fast cash quick <laughs> quick clothes whatever you know buy in any condition that's a common messaging are you doing yeah. something different or are you approaching it differently mm, i i haven't tried to, i'm still trying to figure it out usually i plan it out things before i do it but in toronto the demographics in different area might be a bit different there's a lot of young younger generation a lot of more older neighborhood I think you need to use different marketing. You know, mm-hmm. some of them, maybe the older neighborhood, they listen, still listen to radio, still yeah. look at the, watch the TV, but younger generation, we don't even have, we don't even have right. a cable at home. We, we watch YouTube, Facebook, and all that. Right. So knowing the demographics in that area, I have to say, hey, so that makes more sense to go that route instead of using, just take the Simcoe County business model and put it here, right? Because it doesn't make sense. And the Simcoe County is mostly- right. The elder people or you know like 40 50s they still have the traditional way right so uh, that that has to be weighted as well right i love that yeah you have to you can't paint everything with with one brush no there there's yeah. so many unique 
elements to different sub-markets. And if you treat them individually, uh, you can succeed where others are failing. So this is why when somebody says, oh, I tried radio or I tried Facebook or I tried flyers and it didn't work. Well, you just think that other people aren't having success with it. They're just pouring money down the drain. No, it does work, but it's about how you approach it. So Yeah. And another big thing is consistency, right? So, you know, one thing is to say, yeah, start. But a lot of people just say, hey, I I did this, spend 10,000 in a month. Mm -hmm. Oh, it didn't work for three months. So I stopped. It doesn't work. But it's not like that, right? If you decide to go in, you have to say, throw money in and constantly, you know, kind of revise your plan a little bit. And you have to consistently spending money because Mm -hmm. just like social media, it takes people three, seven times or even more to start trusting so maybe the first time they yeah. see you on the flyer they're like okay you know i know you hear you on the radio okay second impression mm-hmm. saw you on youtube third impression maybe they'll start building out that trust with you right? yeah i see that with my own you know youtube and facebook group and all that it's yeah. not the first time you know some people reach out to me after a couple of months they say cody I, I saw that i should have reached out to you earlier but yeah. i didn't but now you know i've been missing out all your cores you have been raising the price now i want to end i'm like yeah okay I, I probably didn't remember, but great. Yeah, it's finally you're taking steps, right? Taking action. Yeah, and that's something we haven't we haven't talked about yet. And you you're doing so many things. It's like you don't sleep. Do you sleep much? I sleep. I, I actually I actually walk my dog quite often. I walk him my dog four times per day, and I'm almost like a full time dog walker. Yeah, and I come <laughs> up to your podcast too, and um, yeah, and and I try to frame my business in a way that I don't have to. Uh, I give more value make business sense by charge yeah. a bigger amount so i have a yeah. smaller group of people so so yeah your full time now is yeah so you did a course on on stock hacking so basically selling put options stock option yeah stock selling option stock for beginners options. for beginners or buying them as well is that yeah buying yeah. stocks and mostly on the selling side for option yeah and in october the upcoming ones december 5th and 6th maybe by the time this come out they have to go to the next one to january yeah. 15 and 16 which is fine i raised so the- you're doing it once a month uh, probably one once a month, once and one and a half a month. Uh, but yeah. again, I'm not sure how long is that because I started taking VIP coaching clients, which I, right. people actually see my trades as uh, entertaining and, and educational purpose, not stock advice, but actually see my trades and we can have like, right. text message yeah. access to me. So I have a handful of that you know, every month and that's generating very good money. And um, right now I'm starting to invest with partners. We have Corp, we whatever money, you know, he put in, I'll benchmark that amount of money and he wants to see the results and he investing very heav- heavily in real estate. So he said, Cody, if you're that golden child, if you let me see that results, you say you can't let me see, I will raise a lot of money for you. And further down the road, if you want to open up a fund, I'll help you out. But, uh, but, but yeah, that's the long term thing. I'm trying, I, yeah. I'm not a trust fund baby. So I built it from the ground up, right? So I had YouTube, I have my own course. Now I have my VIP okay. clients. So that's the sequence, right? <laughs> now so I'm my <laughs> investing partners. Then the next step is fun, right? So to clarify the story, started working at Honda, day trading at night, <laughs> then got into options trading, then started your YouTube channel and, and posted like 20 videos or something. No, 15, 15, F- 15 yeah. videos <laughs> and monetize your YouTube channel. I hear and make money off of that. Uh, but then people started contacting you and wanting coaching on the stock trading. Uh, yeah. Sorry, the options I trading. I started personal coaching, but then yeah. I figured there's overwhelming. And you guys are paying the amount you guys are paying per hour. I'd rather just put you guys together. You guys have a course, alumni yeah. group, webinars, have a supporting system for a lifetime. So in, yeah. in the future, if I do another you know, another course, I revise the course. You guys have access to yeah. it as an original gangster. You guys are honored, right? You guys support me when no one knows about me. And then you guys put in a trust. You guys will have access to that for your whole life. Right. And okay. then I build up personal coaching, 
courses, right? And then I go mm-hmm. all the way up to, you know, VIP clients, a handful. Now it's investing yeah. partners are bringing in potential, bringing in millions. So this is the next step. And yeah. then the next one will be yeah, the fun. Now, yeah, now at that point, are you going to still want to do the coaching or are you just- I, I think I eventually have to. I already not doing personal coaching. So I know other coaches out there that are doing a good job. A yeah. lot of times they say, I just need this thing or two. I just refer out. Okay. Right. And so now so, it's just a course. Just a and course then, VIP. Yeah. Very soon, once I do maybe two or three more courses, I think I get confident enough that this recording is a good quality up to my standard. I'm just going to edit it out. Maybe I'll put it on on demand and I'll move yeah. on to the VIP and I'll spend more time with just a handful of yeah. investing partner, right? With, you know, millions of right. dollars. Then the next step, like set a fund, maybe I'll go register route. Yeah. Where, you know, yeah, so Cody and I have talked about this before. So I had this thought to basically start a fund. And this is something that before the lockdown, I was intending to do is create a fund and basically select a specific market and yeah. go all in on that market, raise investor funds through equity and, you know, develop a, you know, 10, $20 million portfolio in a relatively short amount of time with the yeah. benefits being when you raise through equity versus debt, you know, yeah. you have the ability to ease that burn. You don't have to be well, you know, while you're turning things over and getting tenants out and improving units, it's, you know, I like to sleep. So it helps me sleep. Um, yeah. So what you've you've talked about is now you have people approaching you and wanting to do this from the um, the sort of stock hacking uh, options trading yeah. um, side of things where they would fund you because you're you're good at this. Yeah. And um, uh, I come to the point. Uh, yeah, the, uh, my partner. I, I can't disclose who he is. He's very well known in the real estate. He's kind of low key. He likes to mm-hmm. sit behind the scene. He's like Cody. I know you does good job. Just let me see it. I'll raise money for you. But yeah. I don't want to. Learn. I say, do you want to get on the VIPs? I have money, but. I don't want another job, right? You're yeah. good at it. You do it. I give you the money. Yep. I trust you. So I just want to see it. And people behind me are all telling me to be very cautious with stock and option. You know, people tend to lose money on it. So they're waiting to see on it. But if I put my money in, they will put their money in. Right. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of, of prospect for growth to you. And it's like mind boggling how much you're doing, it's, which is it's crazy. a, a like big he, part of why I wanted to have you on here because you're into real estate. We haven't even gotten into yeah. what you're buying in real estate and, and some of your burrs. But uh, yeah, just overall, just just crazy the progress you're making. So odds are here you're pulling out a lot of cash. I know you're sinking a lot of it back into uh, options trading uh, because that's a capital intensive business. Yeah. What are you setting aside for real estate and how do you decide, hey, okay, I want to put this into real estate? Like, that's, that's an interesting thing. That's a very good question. So when, when, when I quit my job beginning of the year, I basically I sat down for a couple of days and say, hey, okay, what, what do I want to build, right? So I reverse engineer and say, I want to be able to build business that can work anywhere in the world. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a moment and give a shout out to a couple of very important local businesses to me. As you know, this lockdown has been tough on everyone and small businesses have been taking the brunt of it. So there's two specific businesses I wanted to give a shout out to. This is a completely unpaid promotion. They didn't ask me to do this, but I wanted to give them a shout out because I think they're really important and I want to see them be successful. Uh, so one is... New York, New York, Men's Grooming Lounge here in Burlington, Ontario. I always see Sergio every month. Uh, They do a fantastic job. Their atmosphere there is fantastic. There's usually some Frank Sinatra playing in the background. Um, They're a great establishment, even if you just want to go in and have an espresso or have a beer and chat. It really is a lounge and social uh, location, which is just such a unique concept in today's market. Really like those guys. I really want to see them succeed. If you're looking for a fantastic men's haircut and grooming experience, I highly recommend them. The next one I wanted to give a shout out to is 
Dr. Mike White over at the Momentum Health Clinic in Hamilton. Dr. Mike has been able to help me many times over the years when I've hurt my back. He's a chiropractor, uh, so I'd be in a position where I couldn't even walk, I couldn't turn. Uh, I was in an agonizing pain, and I'd go to Dr. Mike, and usually I'm 100% better within a week. Now, I know it's a touchy thing with a medical service, so always, always, always consult with your medical professional before seeking any form of treatment. I just wanted to let you know my experience here, and I certainly think Mike White is worth considering. I've included the details for both of these contacts in my show notes. Please show them support if you see fit. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So real estate is kind of at the borderline where I have property manager if I have a good GC. Right. I have good bookkeeper, good accountant, lawyers, the power team. It could happen, but you still need kind of be hands-on. If something really happens, you still need to sign papers, all that. So that's why I built this entire stock option, courses, VIP, and because I can do it anywhere. If I manage another yeah. you know, portfolio, I can do it anywhere in the world, right? So yeah. now that with all the money come in from, you know, from the active business, I, I haven't taken them out. They're just sitting there. That's why I was calling my accountant and say, um, yeah, what should I do with the money, right? So it's just a fun story on the side. I'm actually uh, looking at getting a Porsche GT3 2021. Why not a GT2? I don't know. That's my first Porsche G- GT series, right? GT2 RS. That's the one you That's want. That's like half a million. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing I, I, I blew up a lot of people's mind is in order to get a GT2 RS, you need to get all the smaller GT in order to get to that. Oh, they it's won't just let like, you have it? No. It's so just like just buying buy an Hermes bag. Yeah. When you walk into Hermes, they won't show yeah. you the bag. It just show you have to buy a scarf, buy a, a, a watch. Yeah. And then if you buy enough, they will say, hey, so I have only one bag. This ugly color, if you want, if you don't want it, it will be gone by tomorrow. Then you buy yeah. that and eventually they bring you more. Right, Same thing yeah. with Porsche, right? You have to get in the you door. You be in the club, yeah. In the club. Yeah. And hey, I'm not here to brag or anything. The reason I did is because of marketing purpose and is because it's actually a flipping business. If I buy a GT3, right? It's just like if I it buy it lower than value. market value, I can drive for a couple of years and I can sell, sell it for, it for break yeah. even or even more. Yeah. So I, I actually know a guy with a GT3. And, uh, yeah, my close friend works at Mercedes and uh, Faf, um, yeah. Porsche Faf, you know, yeah. a cell. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, the water is very deep, but, uh, I've, you know, I get to the level where I think, hey, all my, you know, all my active income and, and, and the yeah. corp could actually be. So I was talking to my accountant, it could be treated as kind of like a flipping business, just like flipping a house. I use that money to buy a car. The car can be an inventory. And down yeah. the road when I sell so it. So you're going to flip some cars. I'm going to flip some cars, but technically I'm driving my inventories around. Yeah. So, yeah. well, that's a fun, see, that's a, that's a fun game to be in. You get to drive fun cars. Um, yeah. The shame, do they, do they sell that one in manual? Can you get that one manual? A GT3? Yeah. Um, I think the new one comes in manual, but no one could get on board, you know, and I'm trying to pull some strings to, you know, see if I can get on the wait list. Yeah. yeah, if any for anyone search YouTube, you know, GT3 2021 because of those YouTube from Top Gear that reveal, yeah. expose a little bit of those detail and the volume of like like deposit putting down like all the Porsche around Toronto yeah. just blew up, right? And then um yeah, and meanwhile I'm just maybe I'll get a used GT3 and say, "Hey, I'm in a club." Well, yeah. <laughs> and you still pay for that, right? That was the funny thing I heard with Porsche is that it goes up in value. It goes yeah. up in value. So yeah. I, I I don't want to buy depreciated value. And mm-hmm. that's a lot of people what I thought earlier is like car is a depreciating value, but yeah. no, if you buy the right car. Yeah, like a collector's item versus yeah. uh, an everyday. Now, of course, if you drive that car, like you drive an everyday driver, 
It probably won't hold this value quite as well. Yeah, but you but, probably have a second card. Yeah. But this is a good marketing yeah. tool for me as well, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it, this is you know, a whole other level for a lot of our listeners, like the way yeah. you're thinking. Like you, you've achieved so much success in your active business that you have a, a good chunk of money in real <laughs> estate. You have a good chunk of money doing something that I know a lot of investors doing, real estate investors that are investing in, in options trading as well. Um, and I, I'm all for diversifying. I have never gone down this road of options trading. I've read those books. Uh, what, what are the two ones? Lee Lowe's. Yeah, direct, uh, and then uh, Derek Foster. Derek Foster. Lee yeah, yeah. And there are a couple other ones. Like, uh, they're more deeper ones. But those two are, you know, a beginner to intermediate. Yeah. And but I, I read them both. And I have to say. What do you feel I about those books? Did not feel like I could get started after reading them. And that's the big yeah. problem, right? Because so, so my, my student actually signed up for my course and said, Cody. Uh, can I read some books to get prepared? I'm totally new. I said, hey, you know what? Now that I get my first course down, go review those recording and with the slides. Yeah. Instead of reading a book, the first time you get 50%, maybe 30%, yeah. second time 70, third time 80. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times what I said in the sentence in the course, it takes you experience to actually realize what I mean by that sentence. Right, yeah. And, and I try to put everything together from step one to step 25, how I set up account, but I do fundamental, technical, exactly the way I do it yeah. to share it to you. So if you don't know anything, follow the footsteps, okay? Not stock advice. I don't give stock advice, but yeah. at least you, I will help you eliminate a lot of stock that you will lose money on. Right. That's helpful already, right? And you yep. just follow my footstep. And then yeah. if later on you say, hey, Cody, this works well. This doesn't work for me in terms of risk and, ap- risk and reward appetite or lifestyle-wise deviate from but right, at that yeah. time you know what's the risk and the reward yeah. for deviating mm-hmm. right so yeah and and i think that uh with with this stuff it, it makes a lot of sense to me and i went to business school and i understood what options w- are the yeah. thing is i'd never been a stock investor real estate was where i invested my yeah. money and and it, real estate makes so much sense to me so it's kind of like learning a, an entirely new skill for me yeah. uh, it's not that far off of, of things that i know but but uh it is a little bit of a time investment now for the average person that's investing in real estate and they they're able to generate their 30 plus return 30 30 percent return per year which yeah. i think a, a good real estate investor should yeah. be able to do without yeah. without question yeah. if you're able to do that is it worth that person investing the time into learning something like uh, options trading as well to supplement or to diversify their investments? Very good question. I get that question all the time. And this is a very high level question. And here's my answer. So if you have a good real estate portfolio, great. Let it keep growing your wealth. Let it keep appreciating. And you get 30%. Like for all my legal duplexes, 75% ROI. And you're like, Cody, why are you still doing stock option? Yes, uh, this year has been a phenomenal year uh, beyond 100%, but mm-hmm. that's not going to happen every year. But why do I still do it? It's because as a real estate investor, a lot of them are very rich on paper, but they cannot eat the equity. And they don't want to sell because they know it's going up more. But the cash flow they're getting is just not supplementing their lifestyle. It's hard to do that in Ontario. It's hard to get that cash flow unless you go north. And you know, there are certain markets, but it is harder to do that, especially where we live, down in the GTA. And even for all my cash flow and, and real estate, all my legal duplex, I get around like 500 to 1,000 per month. You know, bought it in 2019, I converted myself. I bought low and all that. Yeah. But again, all those money, I left it in there just for in case the roof goes off. Or I do the I same. I pay for property management yeah. and I, I, I pay for maintenance, right? So when you account all those in, a lot of time, it's not really 500 to 1,000. It might just be two to 300. And yeah. it's not worth it taking it out. A lot mm-hmm. of people say, Okay, yeah, you need to own 10, 20, 30 legal duplex. And now you come into a scaling issue. Yeah. 
it's, it's not just like it's the same doing two, three, and then doing 20, 30. Now you need to have a system. You need to have a GC. You need to have a bookkeeper and all yeah, that. It's, a it's just more people it's a business. to manage yeah. now. But stock option yeah. is if you have a phone, you know, at the beginning, you need to put in the time to learn it. But once you yeah. learn it, 15 to 30 minutes, anywhere around the world, you're not yeah. stressing about the market tank. You know you're buying good stock. Yeah, so it's just that real estate. Yeah. If it tank, you know, and buy and good real estate. So you apply the same principles. Same exact. So you're, same you're talking principle. about. So an example of what you're talking about, like I buy fundamental real estate in areas that I know are yeah. diverse. You're talking yeah. about buying stocks from companies that have been around for you know fifty to hundred years. Lots of cash. Yeah. Lots of cash reserve. Revenue has been growing for the last five years. Net income has been going well. Yeah. Top line, bottom line, yeah. and the outlook is just great. Whether there's another COVID or another something. They're still being yeah. able to weather through it and come out even stronger, right? So same mentality. Yeah. I don't want to lose, right? So interesting. I, I, I just like seeing the parallels between this because yeah. I think we think very similarly, but we're in different things. But you're also doing real estate too. So I do want to dig into that. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's dig into one of the places you're putting your money here. Yeah. Um, do you have... So you mentioned you did some Burr projects, some duplex conversions. Yeah, yeah. That, that one's in Barrie, uh, in Simcoe County. So Okay, so what were you... Give me an example of one. Like, what did you buy it at? I bought it... 405,000. 405, and this was last year? Uh, 2019, yeah, okay. uh, beginning of it. Uh, the owner was in it. Uh, uh, they were originally, uh, here's a funny story. Originally, they're going to move out east, uh, but then, uh, yeah, he was going to move out east, so he sold, sold it to me. Mm-hmm. I legal duplex it. I spent around like 80,000. Okay. I, I thought you want to know the number, right? Yeah, yeah, 80,000. Yeah. So 80,000 including and random, carrying everything. costs? Everything. Yeah, okay. Everything, 80,000. And legals and everything. Took okay. me about a, a little bit longer, like five months. Okay. Right? So, uh, you know, first month's in where we got the upstairs done. Upstairs really just, you know, bath. We got new tiles, uh, a new floor, new vanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, kitchen, we didn't have to do much. It was beautiful. And just new floor okay. throughout, a new paint. And then after one month, we just rented out. Right? So that okay. was able to carry the entire cost almost. Okay. For the entire house. And then next three to four months, basically we were gutting the basement and then, you know, putting the, the, the waterproofing okay. wall up and then just, yeah, do it the way we so do it. So you rented out the, so focused on the upstairs. I've yeah. never heard anyone say they did that because who would want to be in the upstairs when you're smashing things up all, all in the basement? And here's a funny thing, right? And <laughs> you know who moved back in? The owner who sold me the house. Moved in the upstairs? Yeah. He said, oh, oh sorry, well, I'm not moving out east. Can I move back into my own house? I'm like, yeah, but this is the rent you're paying because I make it so much na- nicer now. <laughs> new yeah. floor, new vanity, new bathroom, new paint, everything. He said, yeah, yeah. Well, what do you want me to pay? I said, yeah, uh, 1750 plus hydro. Now, yeah, cool. Okay. <laughs> so he moved back in while yeah. we're like chipping out the basement and work on a renovation, yeah. right? So that works out see, really well. See, for me, I just avoid that situation because I'm worried about the complaints I'll get. Like, I just don't want to deal with it. So I'd rather keep it vacant. But I do yeah. see the point. Like, that's great. If you have that cash coming in, it helps cover yeah. your carrying costs. Yeah. So yeah. that worked out really well. And then okay. uh, I got uh, refi, I think, earlier this year, around like 575. 575. Earlier value? this year. So okay. now it's probably higher. Okay. And um, then, uh, so your new mortgage would be about 80% of that? Yeah. Uh, so about 460. So your net investment on this one, it's almost a perfect burr. So you were, you yeah. were into it for 485,000. So 405 to buy, 80,000 to reno. Yeah. And then uh, we'll just take, uh, subtract 40 uh, or 460,000 off of that. So $25,000 in. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and, and, <laughs> and take a look at this. Uh, what, what, what did you have the place rented for top and bottom? Uh, top uh, 1750. Yeah. Plus hydro because we separate the meters. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, the bottom right now is I think is 1550 plus hydro again. Uh, is there a, another hydrometer for the 
or the uh, no, there's no third. There's so, only two. So who pays air conditioning and who pays for uh, the upstairs? Furnace? Pay for the air conditioning. So I, I, I okay. I, I account for that. Yeah. Usually the basement is the one that's calling. It's too cold. Can you turn it up? Right. So the upstairs is where yeah. they really need the AC. Okay. Right. So upstairs is paying for it. They know. I know. Right. Okay. So I let and them know what about that. the furnace blower? What um, which power is that on? I think it's. I think basement? that's downstairs. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the one gets we'll one. We balance out, yeah. right? In the winter, yeah. really, basement needs more, and you know. Yeah. Fair. Fair. I've heard that argument before. Although tenants can be something else. Uh, anyways. Okay. So so you're thirty three hundred. <laughs> but I'm paying for all the. They only paying for hydro, right? But yeah. my furnace is natural gas. I'm paying for the natural gas. You're paying and for water, the natural gas and water, so they don't yeah. have to complain about. It. Yeah, it's funny though. People find a way to complain. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you're at thirty three hundred dollars a month. Uh, between those two units, what are you paying in taxes there per year? Paying taxes, I, I don't pay much. I, I ballpark because uh, like first year I, I almost writ, written everything off. I could have write more off, but I was yeah. advised by my accountant. Say, no, Please. I mean property taxes. Sorry. Oh, property. Yeah. Um, I think it's like around thirty three hundred. Thirty three hundred as well. Okay. Yeah. All right, and uh, insurance there. What like eighteen hundred? Uh, no, was, yeah, yeah, like sixteen hundred. Sixteen hundred. This year okay. is sixteen hundred. Yeah, they've been going up. That's a yeah, okay. I, I called them. <laughs> yeah, I, I called too. Didn't help. <laughs> no, you're saying sorry. Overall, is going up. Yeah, they're like everywhere has gone up. I, my insurance went up twenty percent probably the previous year, and then this year probably another fifty percent, thirty, forty percent. Yeah, uh, it's been going up pretty aggressively. Um, what is? So you have management there, is that right? Yes, I have property management there. Is it about five percent, ten percent? What I you pay. Uh, so they charge a flat fee of uh, first unit ninety nine dollars, second unit fifty dollars. Okay, so one fifty. So really, it's five five percent. Usually, you pay ten, uh, but because of their fee structure, so it works out to be about five percent. Do you pay leasing fee on top of that? Uh, no, no leasing fee. Uh, so I think one hundred fifty bucks to uh, to release to, the property. Oh my no, goodness! No, no, for, for first unit. Yeah. And if somehow the the tenant left early because yeah. whatever reason, they will freely replace yeah. it for me. So I had a very hard my to deal with goodness. tenant that has a lot of quarrel with downstairs tenant and uh thank god they just say you know what cody i want to cut it early i'm like yeah do you want me to help you move <laughs> do you want me to hire your moving company like what do you want me to do right you're getting some insane deal on property management there I, i've heard people paying after you consider releasing fees and management uh, they're basically like 12 percent, 10 12 percent. and and then I, i'm very fortunate so far it's been so good i am, have very close relationship with all the handyman all the yeah. leasing agent and the property manager and you know um, yeah I found ways to build good relationship. You know, I buy yeah. them, I give them gift card or whatever. I buy them lunch and all that. Just yeah. to make sure my I'm always on the short list to pick up my phone call. It's it's good. Yep. Be good to the people that help you. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, utilities, probably about 2500 a year, you think? or mm, Yeah. I mean, like hydro is probably like what? Uh, hydro, I don't pay. Uh, water is probably 80 bucks. 80 bucks like for water. Per month. And uh, uh I mean, uh, average out probably 150 just to be safe, right? So 230 times 12, yeah, maybe 2,500, 2,500 or 3,000. Yeah, so between between natural gas yeah. and water. Okay, so yeah. 2,500, we'll say there. Um, okay, so you had a value, you said, of 575. Just put this in, see how these numbers look. So your cap rate based on that value looks like it'd be around 4.8%. Yeah, Just in case right. you're curious. No, I and, actually had the same calculator yeah. I'm like, on my... Computer, yeah. Do you use my spreadsheet or you uh, use uh, a different no, one? No, I think I did it was 4.7 <laughs> Okay. last year. but Okay, so what do you? Uh, what kind of mortgage did you get? 30-year? 30 30-year, 30 um, uh, that's with, uh, I think, BMO. 
Uh, in the twos? Uh, man, I got it beginning of the year. So probably I like I twos. for like, I think like, no, it was like 3.09 that time, beginning of the year, right? That's before everything right, came yeah, down. before it all came down. So, so if it was 309, you'd have about a 1956 a month mortgage payment. So that's a $354 cash flow. Yeah. After, after everything, which, yeah. is, which is what solid. I said earlier, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why, yeah, it's not worth taking that no. to me. I don't, I don't touch any of my cash flow except for when I get a, uh, you know, a tax bill from the government that was over and above what I was expecting. It comes out of there. Um, you know, renovations, anything I yeah. do for the properties comes out of those accounts. So I just like that as my, uh, safety buffer. So if we factor in that you're really only in for 25 grand on this, um, after we figure all of the things yeah, that should be 70 something percent ROI. Yeah. 25. Let's see if I'm right. <laughs> My quick so math. I've got 91%. Oh, 91. Here. So even better. Well, yeah. I'm factoring at a 3% appreciation rate. Yeah. I'm factoring two. So two? Maybe, okay. Uh, so that would explain <laughs> the difference. So if we went down to two, then we'd be 75. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> so we do principal pay down, yeah. appreciation, and then your cash flow. Um, for anyone who doesn't already use my spreadsheet, just go to my website, andrew-heinz.com yeah, for free and the cash flow, uh, cash flow analyzer is there. So you can calculate it the same way we're doing it here. Um, but anyways, so that's, uh, that's a pretty solid deal. Yeah. And, and obviously in future years, when you calculate return on equity, it's not going to be quite as much. So then you got to start thinking, Hey, do I refinance this? Um, yeah. you know, what do I, what do I do next? Uh, I think that 3% is a really conservative estimate for properties increasing in the future because of the amount of inflation that we're likely to see over the coming years. I think that we're going to do much better. But again, no crystal ball. We don't give advice here. We uh, we just uh, share our thoughts, right? So yeah. Um, Cody, this is a really cool deal. We've talked about a lot of different things. Yeah, we just um, go all over. I but that's what I, I do. I got so excited. Sorry. That's what I do. <laughs> um, anything you wanna you wanna um, kind of leave our viewers and listeners with as far as advice? You know, we have a lot of established investors that listen to yeah, this. Yeah, I'm podcast. probably one of the youngest one on on your podcast, right? And who am I here to offer? So I don't say anything. I don't do. I don't teach anything. Mm-hmm. I don't do myself. That's all I can say. So I'm very authentic. I share all my mistake and uh, all I can say is anyone who's listening to this, younger than me, older than me, you're yeah. 50, 60, who cares? A lot yeah. of time we, we basically are counting how many apple we have around us, but we never look at there's a hundred apple out there. We always counting and say, how long can we last with oh, yeah. these apples? But we never have the abundance mindset and say, okay, I don't have five. Maybe I'll survive for a couple of months, but how do I? get that 100 apples so I can survive for years and even more. So when I changed that mindset, that's when everything just t- took off, right? But maybe in a way, I, mm-hmm. I had a day trader mentality. My heart is a lot bigger. Yeah, I, I, I'm willing to take risks, maybe at a younger age and all that. But I do have a little bit of saving, but it's not like enough to be like last for a couple of years before I just quit yeah. my job and all that. Even though like my stock option is actually you know replacing six-figure income. But again, market could turn and all that, right? But I really took the leap of faith and knowing that, hey, I might not figure it out in the in the first try, but I, I think I have a good idea with all the failure and success and all yeah. that. So I just run for it. And then even in October course, I didn't have a chance to drive on my course, but 15 people sign up now for the upcoming one. There's like 20, 25. Mm-hmm. I have to cut it earlier. So right. I want to keep it small. Who knows what the next one would be, right? Very, very soon, I might, might not be doing course. So mm-hmm. think about where I came from a year ago and to now it's, yeah it's crazy right and then i know it's just the starting of it so for anyone who's listening to this thinks that's not possible whatever i'm an immigrant i I was an engineer right uh i I was asking math 
12 question when I first came because I don't understand the question. After 10 years, this is where I am and I know yeah. where I'm heading. So and determination is a big part of this. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. have a good plan, but the execution is the yeah. hard part. But no one perseveres through those long nights unless you, A, just absolutely love what you're doing, yes. every second of it, yeah. or you're just determined because you're trying to accomplish a goal. Yes. Now, whether that goal, you, you said you want to be completely independent locationally. Yeah. Because I know you have family overseas. Yeah, your da- your family dad's in back Taiwan. in Taiwan. Um, so you want you mentioned to me before that you wanted to be able to just flex and, and go where you needed yeah, to whenever say, hey, you needed today, to. Today, after this podcast, is going to book a flight, go back to Taiwan. I want to be able to do that. And yeah. I still be. So has that been motivating you right from the beginning, saying I need to make something of myself here so that I have the flexibility to yeah. go home one or day? Or maybe I'll be a snowbird, and yeah. no more winter stuff, yeah. and just fly down south or, yeah. you know. But it's not like I'm not doing anything. Just being more efficient with my time and helping more, giving more mm-hmm. value and charging more with a smaller group of people. That's just the entire mentality I'm, I'm going yeah. for, right? And every step of the way, the course, make sure I offer 10 times the value. Yeah, VIP offer five, ten times. I want to say, hey, if you pay for this for a month, yeah. I want you to get it back in one to two weeks. That's what I want to. See. Oh, I, I can't promise that, but that's what yeah. I want to see. So it makes business sense, right? So later on, if you partner with me, you know, and investing, say, hey, even if I'm getting fifty percent of it, I want to make sure that you get enough that you're it's way more than you can get from other banks advisor, right? So yeah. you're taking the risks, right? So it all makes business yeah. sense in my sense, right? Yeah, no, it, it definitely is something that that I think is worth exploring for in, investors in real estate. I, I do believe in diversification, so it's something that I've been interested in. I know I've spoken to you on this. I'm like, Cody, <laughs> do you think it's worth my time? Um, because I don't like getting distracted. At the same yeah. time, I, I think diversification is good. So I've been on the fence about this since Irwin mentioned it to me about yeah. a year and a half ago. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a course out there that you don't yeah. have to take mine if you don't want to. Yeah. Like, take other ones, but take action on it right? yeah. and start doing it. Yeah, definitely. Um, just for context, because I know we didn't cover this, what's your real estate portfolio look like? Uh, yeah, so overall? I bought, you know, the first house in 2016. Basically, I don't want to use up my first time home buyer. So my mom wants to buy a bungalow in Toronto near uh, Eglinton and Dufferin. So that's where the new LRT, LRT light rail train coming yeah. up in 2022. Now maybe 2023, who knows? But that's the fundamental why we bought it there. So okay. At that time, I save up a little bit from internship and just for one year of pulling a lot of overtime. I say, mom, here's 30, 50,000. Here, just, hey, I'm part of it, right? Okay. And I save up more in 2017 where I bought my first single family up in Alliston. Okay. I say, hey, if I'm going to stay here for five to 10 years, I didn't know I was going to be doing this. Yeah. So I say, if I'm going to stay here for five to 10 years, that's how much I'm going to, you know, I, I, I want a house that's with a family in. So I bought a single family there. That was, I think I bought it for like 460. Right now it's probably 620. Okay. If I want to sell it, I have a good tenant, so I don't intend on selling it. All that's, that's my principal residence. So really if I, if I sell it, it's all like probably 200, 250K. It's coming back to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah. And then there's two more legal duplex in Barrie right now. And 2016, uh, 20 and 2019 convert both. Bought it like 405K, 430K. And the one I show is five seventy five. The other one's actually appraised at six twenty mm-hmm. because I bought, but then I bought it at four thirty. It's a, it's a bigger uh, sixty by one twenty, a bigger lot. Okay, and it's actually I like a, that. a very raised bungalow, so it's mm-hmm. nicer, right? The basement looks like you feel like you're living on the right, first floor. Yeah, so it's a little bit more premium, but it's great. And I like the properties with more land. Here, yeah, six million, and then yeah. the the garden suite that's down the road, right? I know yeah. like Barry has been very progressive, and I have friends that are already 
put it in their, their basement. Yeah. And I'm just waiting for their number. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, maybe about 150 just for uh, one unit in the back. So it won't be a laneway house in your case because there's no laneway back no. there. But you could potentially one day. You, we know it's coming in Ontario. They've said it's coming at a provincial level. Now it's up to the municipalities to implement this. So it, it, we have a, a, an indication that it's coming. No, you could actually do it now. In Barrie. In Barrie, you can already? Yeah. Okay. yeah. No, yeah. you don't need to have laneway in the back. You actually yeah. do it. So and you just need one more parking probably. Oh, man, I would just... I would just casually build that. See, that's so cool. Like you don't have to yeah. be in a rush. You just, no. you know, one one week you have the concrete pad poured and then you yeah. then you go up from there. So that seems, uh, that's where if you can have the extra land, like I've got one property that's 230 feet deep. Well, it's only yeah. 40 wide, but I have room in the backyard yeah. for, for more still. Privacy yeah. in the back. Yeah. So, and I have another property where I was 60 wide and I actually, I built the additional unit in the backyard and now they both have their own private backyard. Both units have their own private backyards. Nice. So just like things to do when I'm thinking I'm going to keep this long term, I want to make it great. Yeah. And uh, those are just, if you have extra land, you never know what the municipalities might do down the road to, to open up options for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just a little finishing off on real estate here. Uh, Cody, really appreciate this. Super interesting to talk to you as always. And if people wanted to get a hold of you, where do we send them? I mean, I have a YouTube channel. If you search up Cody, C-O-D-Y, yeah. last name, Y-E-H, right? I have the hat here. Yeah. Say, say yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Say yeah to fire. Yeah. And that's just my branding. Um, people can find me on YouTube. And I do have a private Facebook group, just for a general Facebook group, where mm-hmm. I talk about stock and option. I post things, update about markets, yeah. things to watch out, mistakes I made. Hope people don't make it. That's just for people uh, to talk about their own strategy. As long as it's not a scam, not a self-promotion, yeah. I will allow it. But I do have an alumni group where if they sign up for the course, they will have right, right, right. access to that. But YouTube, you know, Facebook, my yes. Facebook group, we'll put a link in the yeah, description. Send me the links for that. I'll include them in the, the show notes and then people can kind of see what you're all about and yeah. uh, maybe get, uh, get to interact in your, your little community there. That'd be great. Yeah. All right. Thanks again, Cody. Really appreciate it. Great. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks. I'll see you on the next one. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a moment and give a shout out to a couple of very important local businesses to me. As you know, this lockdown has been tough on everyone and small businesses have been taking the brunt of it. So there's two specific businesses I wanted to give a shout out to. This is a completely unpaid promotion. They didn't ask me to do this, but I wanted to give them a shout out because I think they're really important and I want to see them be successful. Uh, So one is New York, New York Men's Grooming Lounge here in Burlington, Ontario. I always see Sergio every month. Uh, They do a fantastic job. Their atmosphere there is fantastic. There's usually some Frank Sinatra playing in the background. Um, They're a great establishment, even if you just want to go in and have an espresso or have a beer and chat. It really is a lounge and social uh, location, which is just such a unique concept in today's market. Really like those guys. I really want to see them succeed. If you're looking for a fantastic men's haircut and grooming experience, I highly recommend them. The next one I wanted to give a shout out to is Dr. Mike White over at the Momentum Health Clinic in Hamilton. Dr. Mike has been able to help me many times over the years when I've hurt my back. He's a chiropractor, uh, so I'd be in a position where I couldn't even walk. I couldn't turn. Uh, I was in an agonizing pain, and I'd go to Dr. Mike, and usually I'm 100% better within a week. Now, I know it's a touchy thing with a medical service, so always, always, always consult with your medical professional before seeking any form of treatment. I just wanted to let you know my experience here, and I certainly think Mike White is worth 
considering. I've included the details for both of these contacts in my show notes. Please show them support if you see fit. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.